0: How's it going? How's your baby? You know, he's great. He's really, uh, so I, I woke up, I like slept through when I usually wake up the other night and I woke up to him like kind of fussing in, in his crib. And, and I realized it was like, this is like half an hour after I usually get him up.
1: Oh. oh, hell yeah.
0: And I went in there and he's very articulate now. He said, I found you. I was lying in bed. I couldn't get out. <laughs> i like that it's straightforward
1: uh, to the point it gives you all the pertinent information yep yeah so he went from like speaking in sentence fragments like most kids to speaking in instruction manuals
0: yeah which just entirely declarative statements mostly about trucks
2: i mean is it the garbage truck is that the winner
0: oh he loves the garbage truck uh but he's got a whole slew of trucks his favorite thing we got him for Christmas was just I got this ten pack of cheap ass plastic trucks
2: <laughs> at Target,
0: and he loves every one. Like they're they're each one is his favorite toy.
1: Oh, wasn't that a great period in your life when you were so young that like it didn't take any amount of money to impress you? It was just it could be something out of a cereal box, and you'd play with it for like months.
0: Yeah, yeah, back uh, back before the content ocean.
1: <laughs> That's yep. true. I love the content ocean. I don't want to go back to when I had to like hunt around for games or books or things to watch. Like,
0: Oh, there's there's ups and downs. I, I gave a, a GDC talk about this. <laughs>
2: well, are the overwhelming amount of content that we have available to us today.
0: And about how that makes it almost impossible for anything to have worthwhile secrets.
1: Yes. Ooh, uh, that's true. You are the king of secrets. You do love a secret.
0: I just noticed. We, apparently, before we put him to bed, he left his cement mixer on my desk. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> so, he's
2: wishing you good luck.
1: I guess so. I like how you got some. It's not. I was picturing just a bunch of like, like Ford F one hundred and fifty style shape trucks. No, you know, no, like truck. you gotta
2: have a fun
0: truck. Yeah, you've got utility. The trucks
2: units. that have jobs.
0: The trucks that do the work. Exactly. Right? Yeah, he's got a, a police car and a fire truck and an ambulance. And a cherry picker. Some people call it a bucket truck. Ooh.
1: I love that. That's folksy charm. Those are the four, like, truck pillars of a, of a working society. You need all four of those if you want to have a commune.
0: Otherwise, it just collapses.
1: Shit's on fire, and the cherries are just – I mean, there's a glut of cherries in most trees. Like, it's it's –
2: disgusting was, is yeah, what disgusting. it is that's what is that's
0: us. what starts the fires is they're so fl- right. <laughs> they, they ferment and then they're flammable
1: <laughs> they're highly alcoholic if you leave them
2: up there
0: uh hi i'm ryan
2: hi i'm alicia and i have and nothing to plug
0: Oh my God! No, you can't. You don't. You don't say that yet. <laughs>
2: Damn it! Fuck.
0: Oh, sorry. Didn't you read the? I
2: uh... read it, but apparently.
0: Start the over. The This is why I was yelling. No, this is good stuff. This is this is hot. This is the hot content. This is hot right. B roll. Um. <laughs> okay. Let's start over. Ready? All right. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm Alicia. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Ryan, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Sure, yeah. I'm I'm Ryan Ike. I'm a composer and sound designer, mostly for video games.
1: I have a bunch of cool stuff I'm working on, but I can't talk about any of it. Still? Uh, I, I'm doing this new kind of lateral career move I'm trying where I don't um, think I'm going to be releasing things. <laughs> I kind of just like to... Because,
0: like, hear, hear me out. If a game never comes out, it's never bad. Oh, yeah. No, I'm... I know about this. I know about how like there is a huge incentive if you're like terrified of failure to just never ship mm-hmm. because then you never have to fail. Exactly.
1: And I thought it would be fun to instead of growing as a person to like regress because I've shipped some games that did really well and I've shipped some that didn't do very good. And instead of learning from that, I thought it'd be fun to like go backwards and instead like never produce a product that anybody can engage with uh, ever again.
0: Or Should I not release this episode? Oh man, we're
1: yeah, you let's have we're gonna have to have a chat in the green room probably after okay. this. Uh, right. We'll we'll save that for off for off air, but like yeah, you and I have to have a serious talk.
0: All right. We'll we'll work it out. Alicia, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug?
2: So I'm Alicia Diedrich and I work in the localization industry. Um in a previous life I got a master's degree and I I have a master's in ancient history studying occult and the magic in the Greco-Roman world. Ooh. Yeah. Guess how often I get to use it in my professional life?
0: I'm sure you localize ancient Greco-Roman texts all the time.
2: Daily. Absolutely. Totally worth going to school all those years. Okay.
1: (laughs) We should pull up.
0: (laughs) Are you still in debt?
2: Yes, Jim. Oh, yeah. I am.
0: Jim. Heav- heavily.
2: Heavily. It's hard. Not to
0: going breeze. to college is looking like a better and better decision of <laughs> every passing year.
2: Uh-huh. Yep. I'm now making my mission to talk people out of master's degrees because people will start throwing around the idea like it's going to be fun. It's going to be worth their time. And I'm like, for the love of God, don't. Yeah. Unless you get like pay for it, you're doing it for fun, or it's like your job is going to pay for it because it's immediately tied to your career path. Right. Like, if you want to learn for fun, I am all for that. Like, just know what you're getting into. But I set out on a career path where a master's degree was the minimum degree that you needed for the career path I wanted. And then the recessions hit and the education budgets were slashed and there was no longer career options. So nothing is stable.
0: Yeah,
1: she will. If she sees somebody like filling out the form on like UW, like Washington's postgraduate sign-up page she will tackle them away from their laptop like don't do it education's great but not like this it's
2: not worth it
0: you can learn by staying at home right
2: (laughs) which is what you're doing right now anyway because we're all at home
0: i'm learning things right now right this podcast is highly educational
2: thank you i'm just gonna take all the credit for that
0: All right, can you can you summarize your degree in like two sentences and just save people the, the 10 years or whatever it was?
2: No, because they can check my thesis out of the library and then I get the data on that.
0: Nice. <laughs> but, uh,
2: <laughs> so my degree specifically looked at, so I'm a cultural historian, so rather than politics or military history, I like to study more of general culture, art, religion, things like that. And I examined Greco-Roman cursed tablets and binding spells, specifically the erotic ones, and use them to examine the romantic relationships of the time period and what they would have looked like. And because it was a long time period, like over a thousand years, they're found both in Greece and in Rome, Egypt and the Middle East as well. But I only know Greek and Latin, so I kind of had to focus in. It's fun. It's fun times. I w I've won a grant. I went to Greece. I touched one of them in real life, but it's been a hot minute.
0: So nowadays when people try to sell you a love potion, like this is gonna make that your crush fall in love with you, they never refer to it as a curse.
2: <laughs> See, I'd like to think that is where they got it right, because Eros and like the original Cupid and all of that, the god of love, was one of the most violent ones. Mm-hmm. everything about love then was talked about in incredibly painful areas and it wasn't a cute le, little like cherubic baby shooting with arrows it was like no you were shot with burning pain or ancient love spells used like the Yinks or Yunk's bird which right. was known for being like spun around and spinning you into madness and making all of your actions irrational
0: but to be clear it, it, it's absolutely a curse but they would call it like a love filter or whatever
2: Yes. <laughs> Nowadays, they are like, yeah, this will be great.
0: Are we ready to start on some topics?
1: I'm ready for some
2: topics. Yeah, let's do this.
0: Alicia, your topic is how many throw pillows is too many? Does it depend on number of pillows, size of furniture, number of family members, softness slash firmness level?
2: So I will say this topic comes from many debates and evenings in our household where during the day I hear... You know, like like many a person, perhaps our couch has too many throw pillows. Uh-huh. Perhaps there's... I say it just like that from the yes. to room, too. Like a <laughs> there's a plentitude of, of throw pillows upon this fine piece of furniture. <laughs> but come evening, when we're all snuggled on the couch, there's always someone on the other end of the couch going like, are there any pillows left for me?
0: Okay,
1: I don't Can I have a pillow? I, I don't like that impression on me, actually. <laughs>
2: that's
1: hurtful, first of all.
0: Oh, that's Monocle's voice.
2: Yes. <laughs> But also, we have one of these massive sectional couches that can comfortably seat five humans on it, more at a party. So we have, we create like pillow buffers and borders in between us. And you know, there's the pillow that's nice to lie on your side with. And then there's the firmer pillow for when you're propping yourself up to read on the couch.
1: This is the one that goes on my tummy.
2: It is. This is the one because we eat dinner on the couch that we put under our hot plates.
0: All right. Thank God this isn't just a gender thing because I thought it was going to be like me and Ryan don't want any throw pillows on any, any surface in the house. But apparently that's just me. So that's, that's good. I can have this. <laughs> this is just my personal opinion and it has nothing to do with being a man.
1: Yeah. You have your own little space. No. I love that. You need to talk about that. How do yes.
0: You- how do you have no pillows? How do you get comfy? Oh, I don't have no pillows. There are so many pillows. Okay. <laughs> I have to move them from wherever I'm going to sit.
2: So that could be that like when you do sit though, do you like to put like the pillow over your tummy and cuddle it? That's That's, that's a common move in this. Yeah.
1: That's my banger. That's my fucking house of the wayward son right there or whatever it is. I'm the musician. I should know the names of songs, but I definitely don't. Not on this show.
2: (laughs) And I like to lie on my side. So I have the pillows with like different firmness levels for the couch. Like, oh, these are the ones that I use to prop up when I'm reading. And these are the ones where I'm just like lying completely on my side watching TV at night. Like there's a different, different situation. I think the problem in right. our
1: house is it's never, we we have never the right amount, but it vacillates throughout the day between, I why can't I get a pillow? There's 17 on the couch and I don't have one. The dogs have like ten canopies and my wife has the rest and I have none. And then earlier in the day, it's like, why do I have so many fucking pillows? And like, there's never, maybe there's this time of day when I don't use the couch. We need more dogs. We need right? to get some more dogs in this house.
2: And I mean, to be fair, one of our dogs does always claim at least one pillow because when she's sleepy, Batty becomes an ostrich and she buries her face. So she goes over to her corner where we always set a pillow and she digs under that pillow and shoves her face under it. And that's how she goes to bed. That sounds very cute. So she always needs a pillow. It, it is. Sho- she
1: shovel heads it. She'll like fl- get her head under it and flip it up like dramatically like she's doing a hair whip until it's the orientation that she wants. Yeah, I haven't found it. I think, like, my theory, I guess, right now is that there's a time of day, like, 4, 12 p.m., when I'm always at work or I'm never on the couch, where if I went out there, I'd be like, this is it. This is the perfect number of pillows. I have one for my feet. I'm kind of fussy right now because I'm still at work and I don't (laughs) want to be anymore. So I have one that I can cuddle and I have one I can kind of, like, put under my head and take a nap. But I've got, like, one for lumbar support. But then there's enough away from me that I can stretch out.
2: Also, though, like, bed throw pillows... There's one that looks like one, but it's really the cuddle pillow. Like And you're the only one. Who gets it. They yeah. still have to have function. They don't. can't be purely for decoration.
1: Yeah, so that is actually one I don't understand. And no shade to be, to people listening or Jim if you guys do this, but like folks who they make their bed and then there's the pillows that you put your head on, but then there's just like a a bowling pin orientation of like 10 to 12 pillows that just are there. That you have to like clear out of the way every night when you want to go to bed. Like, what's up with that? I've stayed in some guest rooms that are like that. And like, who is this Mm -hmm. for? This is just a barricade of (laughs) squish that I have to get out of the way when I want to go to sleep.
0: Yeah, I think the principle is that people like to shore up, like maybe they have a big hole in their abdomen or something that they need to (laughs) plug up with a pillow before they can go to sleep.
1: That's extremely considerate. Like a death becomes her situation where she's got like a big opening down there. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, my wife has a... Um, ever since I got the CPAP machine, I stopped being cuddly at night because I'm just this wheezing Darth Vader mask. Nice. And so my wife now has a pillow that is like my size that she cuddles oh, instead of me. That's, re- that's extremely cute.
2: <laughs> that is nice.
1: I didn't know where this story was going when the CPAP machine entered the picture, but I really I really like the tourniquet. Right? <laughs> Have, and I'm assuming you sleep in like a big ominous black orb that kind of <laughs> interlocks and closes from like the ceiling y- yes, the Yes, but
0: like it, it's in the bed with her. <laughs> that's...
1: <laughs> I mean, you guys are still your
2: orb is too hard. I need the cuddle pillow. Yeah,
1: (laughs) sickness and in health. Like I was there. I don't actually recall if you guys said that specific vow at your wedding or not. So you may be off the hook, but you made promises to each other, and I think an an ominous orb in in sickness and in orb. (laughs) No two skis. I remember that vividly from the day. It was a was a really special day. (laughs) I mean, there's so many variables here. I feel like there's what time of day is it. (laughs) <laughs> how much of a fuzzy baby am I being? What are the pillows made of? What's the texture of the pillows? If mm-hmm. I see a throw pillow on a couch and Alicia knows I will throw like a bit about this in a store. She's like, let's get this one. And it's got like beads on it or anything hard where mm-hmm. if I lay my face on it, I'm going to get like lacerated. Like that's too many. If there's one of those, that's too many pillows. Like I, mm-hmm. yes, I, I don't know that we can solve this one. Cause it feels like a really, it feels like a, you have to find, you have to find your, your own bliss. <laughs>
2: And you need to know exactly what you want your nest to look and feel like.
1: Exactly. It's like, what's, who's the perfect spouse? And it's like, well, that's a really personal question for everybody. Like, we don't even know if you and I have found it yet. Mm-mm. So
2: jury's still out.
1: Jury's still out on that one. So I feel like this is, you have to know, like, what is your pillow orientation look like? Softness, firmness, what's the size of your couch? And, you know, where are you at spiritually? Mm. I think it's probably is maybe in there somewhere.
2: Like, are you ready to open yourself up for the soft life?
1: <laughs> yeah. Are you ready to live softly or are you still kind of fighting it internally?
2: Also, how often do you want to remember to go to bed before you're asleep? Because yeah. our, our couch is built <laughs> purely to be second bed. Yeah, like, it's a succubus. Um, most nights we sleep there first and then go to bed.
1: That's a good consideration. Because if you're one of those people like me who feels like a complete... Wastoid dirt bag when you fall asleep on the couch and you wake up at like 5 a.m. That has to be taken into consideration as well.
0: It's been a long time since I've fallen asleep on a couch. That's
2: because it's been a while since you came to visit us for packs,
0: Right. Yeah, next time that happens, I'm gonna bring this enormous loud machine with me that I have to sleep with.
1: That's great, because we yeah. we we have a pandemic right now, so we've got like a couple of packs off to like prep for that so that when you get here and you have like Essentially like a small generator that you're going to be firing up when you go to bed. Like we've had time to mentally like get in a space yeah. that we're accepting of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about like, I guess in a couple of years, my son is going to want to, is probably going to be interested in going to PAX.
2: Oh, that'll be a different experience for you both.
0: Very different
1: what if he likes sports? You don't know. What if he gets way into rugby and he's like, who says
2: Jim it? doesn't yeah. like sports? Maybe Jim does enjoy a sport. Maybe, yeah,
1: Jim's always talking about rugby.
0: I've got a badminton racket in my closet that I haven't used in over 10 years.
1: See?
2: But you've kept sports it. Fan.
0: So that's because I never throw anything away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Understood. <laughs>
1: Which is why you're hosed if you end up in a situation where you have too many throw pillows. What are you going to do? You're toast, baby. It's just going to stay like that. If not, get worse forever because you refuse to liquidate your stockpile.
0: I can just shove more and more pillows in the closet.
2: Precious yeah. closet space? In this rental universe?
1: In this economy?
0: Are, are we ready for another topic?
1: No. Sure. What? I'm not. I, hold on. <laughs> I thought of one
0: more
1: like, really good thing. I want to actually consider it.
0: Let's hear it. Impress me edible pillows
2: no yes
0: you mean like the red licorice kind
2: that's what i assume
1: listen whatever flavor of licorice you want it to be constructed out of
0: look ryan those things are a yeast infection waiting to happen
2: (laughs) oh god
1: (laughs) oh man i do love to put the old pillow between the legs too sometimes
2: (laughs) (laughs) see this is why we have 17 pillows on the couch you're right
1: this is why i don't i don't make the executive decisions when it comes to the the plush wear around our home I to bring home a pillow made of fucking rice krispie treats, and then it's a nightmare. We all go to the doctor. Okay, now I'm now I am ready. I decided I thought it was a good idea, and you're both correct. It wasn't. No. Now I'm ready.
0: I, I feel bad. We didn't let you actually make your argument first.
1: No, it's, it's actually you both had a good instinct because I didn't have a good one. I just thought the idea of a pillow you could eat was really funny.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I had no way to land that plan, so you were right to shoot it down.
0: <laughs> the both of you. All right, Ryan, your your topic is, why are yawns considered a sign of boredom?
1: Yeah, slash, I, I had to make it a question, I felt, but really what it, the question should be is more of a statement, which is, I hate that they're considered a sign of boredom. Because, and listeners should know that I like, <laughs> I did a hot swap and I really quickly put this in like right before the show started, because I started ranting about it before we got into the recording and realized this was a topic that I needed to get into. <laughs> I... Yawn constantly. If I see the sun, I yawn. If I see someone else yawning, I yawn. If I think about someone yawning, I yawn. If I, oh my I <laughs> if I say the word "yawn" too many times in a sentence, I yawn. And if I'm tired, I yawn. I never yawn because I'm bored, but I feel like I'm always, especially now when we're like on Zoom all the time, doing conducting all of our business that way. I'm constantly like, you know, it's not polite to just yawn into a camera, but like I'm trying to like, clench it. You know, rather than just kind of stifle it and politely do it into my elbow or whatever, I'm trying to like pretend I'm not doing it because I'm worried people will think I'm being, I'm bored. But I I like literally never yawn just out of boredom. I yawn because I'm sleepy for other reasons that have nothing to do with you making me sleepy because you're boring. And I want to know how you guys feel about that. Do you ever yawn just because like you're bored of this or is it always some external factor?
0: Yeah, I think this is a thing from like movies. Right? As opposed to a thing that is a real human interaction that people have.
1: I think so too. I think it's a cultural thing that, like, but has slipped into real life where now, like, you know, if you, everybody's had that thing where you yawn because you're sleepy or whatever, or just a thing your body's doing. And, like, somebody in your conversation be like, oh, I'm boring you, bud. Got somewhere to be by? Like, somebody will give you that lip at some... You're doing it again.
2: Sure. Like, keep saying the uh. word.
1: <laughs> Alicia is like a yawn factory to my left here, and it's taking all the fortitude I have to not just, like, completely, like, leave the show.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's that, like, some people were like, oh, that's how you express that you're bored in a movie, so I'm just going to do it on a purpose to be rude.
1: Oh, man, yeah. So, like, double twist back on itself. It's- right. It's
0: like when you learn to make a cricket's noise.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it falls in the same category of things like movies made everyone think bagpipes are shorthand for, like, a bad instrument. But when somebody's good at the bagpipes, it sounds awesome. Like, when somebody's good at the banjo, it sounds awesome. It's not – they're not inherently crap instruments, but they've become the shorthand for, like, this person sucks and no one will want to hear this. Yeah. And I feel like yawn is the media shorthand of, like, this person is bored by what they're seeing. But now it's crept into everyday life, and I – don't like it and i'm hoping the three of us can change society like in the next 10 minutes would be really great because i'm going to do a lot of yawning tomorrow and i'd really love to not (laughs) have to deal with this snafu
0: well the episode's going to come out in like a month and a half so
2: (sighs) you're just gonna have to wait sometimes i'm tired but that's every so often i yawn the most when i'm nervous about something so if i'm highly anticipating something it's like my brain decides hey you know what would be great Stop breathing. (laughs) Just go ahead and stop breathing for a little while, and then start yawning nonstop, trying to get some more oxygen into your body, because that's really going to calm you down. That's really going to make you feel comfortable and confident in whatever situation is making you stop breathing. And so it's been great because I've I've done it in job interviews. I did it right before we started this podcast because I've never been on a podcast before. I did it when I had to give a big presentation at work last week. It's a real fun experience. And every single time you're like, are you bored? Do you not want to be here? Are you not interested? I'm like, no, That's what I'm I can't about. breathe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm dying.
1: You're the one who should be concerned.
0: Yeah. You know, some people fart when they're nervous and people consider that to be rude, too. Like,
2: oh, no, human beings have nerves. We're big, dumb animals and our bodies need to express themselves.
1: Yeah. There's always other human beings yelling at you about it. I never had like a manatee or a penguin at the zoo give me a lift because I yawned into the enclosure.
2: Right. The That'd dog- be
1: amazing if that happened. Actually, I would never stop talking about it. But- the
2: dogs have never like come over and like barked at us for yawning. Yeah. Like, no, it's always stupid other people human.
1: who have these physiological responses being like, what's the matter with you? Control yourself. Control yourself. I mean, I don't. Be an adult. Yeah, be an adult. <laughs> How are we the apex predator on the planet? Like, I don't understand
2: it maybe this is the sign that we you and i are not the apex predators well we did
1: we did talk on the last episode about how hippopotami potamuses how do you pluralize that word
2: i think it's a
0: pie hippopotamodes yeah
2: <laughs>
1: hippopotamus uh are really they're common for us and i think this is part of why because hippopotamuses don't when they yawn they mean it Everybody's seen one of them do it in a documentary, and they don't look ashamed. mm no. They don't look like they're trying to hide it because their boss is going to think they're giving them the stink eye or they don't want to be here. They yawn because it's like, what? I don't care for birds. And don't
2: they often yawn and then charge something? Yeah. So they're not tired either. They're yeah. ramping up. They're, they're oxygenating. <laughs> yeah.
1: You yawn because you're nervous, and I yawn because I'm sleepy, and hippos yawn to fuck you up. Yeah. That's amazing. We should all adopt that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think um, if you were to yawn at, like, primates in the zoo, they would take that as a threat.
1: <gasps> That's why, I mean, I don't go to the zoo anymore.
0: <laughs> You're not allowed.
2: Yeah, that incident was truly horrific.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's pictures up uh, on corkboards at the entrances of most zoos on the West Coast. Of my dumb head yawning, like, not this guy.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Don't let these teeth in.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Just threat. The peacock enclosure, 2010. Remember that? Yeah, never again. (laughs) Keep him out.
2: That's what you get for challenging a peacock.
1: I'm just... It just bothers me as well. I I wish we could all agree and just all be cool and be like, look, if you yawn, it doesn't mean you don't want to be here or you're not listening. We're all adults and we're sadly... We live in a bad society in some ways, and we're all tired all the time because of it. <laughs> and can't we just all have solidarity? Like, if, if I see someone yawn at me while I'm giving a presentation, I just want to point at them and be like, hell yeah, brah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hell yeah, I feel you. I'm going to get me one of those later.
0: You got to yawn it out.
1: Just yawn it out, brah. I mean, I'm say, yawning Bruh, again. That's not you You're doing it again. Yeah, at least she's yawning it out right now.
2: Which is why I'm not participating in this conversation. I'm just yawning.
1: But you know what? I don't. The thing is, I don't judge you. For it,
2: are you sure about that?
1: I mean, sometimes I judge you because your (laughs) yawns are insanely clownishly huge, and like you're you kind of wrap back and devour your own head backwards. But that's more of a mechanical.
2: Yeah, and how did you learn to not stick your fingers in my mouth when I yawn? uh, Because that was a phase we went through.
1: That was a fun phase when we first started dating, where I would just like kind of put a finger in there because you would yawn so wide, and then she (laughs) bit down. Because of course, well, what did I think was going to happen? And that put us out to that real quick. And I haven't done it in, you know, roughly 10 years and some change.
2: But you do it to the dog sometimes. The dogs don't bite
1: (laughs) down. They don't have enough teeth left. (laughs) They can't can't get it. So you
2: waited until they were elderly and have had most of their teeth removed. Until the dentist
1: made it safe to stick a finger in there. Now it's cute. It's cute when I do it.
0: This sounds like a fun game.
2: (laughs) You should try try it.
1: Next time time April yawns, (laughs) give it a shot.
0: All right, next time, we're, next time I'm visiting for packs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get that spelunking finger ready
1: to go. Right.
0: Are we ready for another topic? I sure. am. Uh, so my topic is art packs slash music discs, and this is something from the '90s. I'm gonna probably gonna have to provide some context here. Back before the internet was a, a common, a commonplace thing, you could get a modem for your computer that would allow it to talk to other computers over the phone system and you could dial up other computers and those computers could like perform services for you such as you could like log into a you could log into a bbs and go on a message board with the other people who also logged into that bbs or you could download files that sort of thing and these bbs operators would to differentiate themselves from other bbs's would try to create elaborate colorful ascii art as their menu system and their branding and this grew into this whole scene where teenagers would like draw really elaborate works of art in this constraint of using the colors you can display in text mode and the characters you can display in text mode and they would get together into groups and they would release monthly art packs of uh, usually like less than a usually like small enough to fit on a floppy disk, and this was just like their 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 outlet their creative outlet, and it was very very zine like very like they just exchange like a lot of times of the time it was exchanged like at like land parties where people would just exchange discs and copy discs for each other, and I just it, it seems like a very innocent time, uh, and the music discs half of it it was the the same thing but for tracker music basically. I would have loved to have gotten...
2: I would like a link if you have if you have any examples for something that exists to see. It sounds adorable.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to send you a link to... If I can find it. Yes. Here, so here's a link. This is a, a group a friend of mine was in in 1995. And they released two packs. And here is one of them. All this stuff is now on this one website called 16colo.rs. Oh.
2: Yes, these. Okay, I have seen these.
1: Oh, these are so cool. I know this makes for, like, riveting listening for people, but... Oh, I'll put it in the show notes so they can follow along.
2: If he has show
0: notes. Yeah, this guy will be in the show notes. This is so good.
2: It's metal as fuck.
0: By the way, the two best uh, works in here are ripoffs of someone else's work, and that's why the group disbanded, because there was a big scandal.
2: Which two are they? I mean, I'm making some clear assumptions. I mean, there's some
1: real what? Who? What's his putts? Todd McFarlane kind of energy. Who's this Bond guy? Who am I thinking of?
0: Yeah, yeah, the ones that look like a a 90s era comic. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it, these are cool. But they're also like, like clearly, the craft of them is 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 a cut above the others.
1: Yeah. Even if you kind of jacked the design, just the actual like making of of these. It's wild. I would have, I, so this is kind of reminding me of a, I grew up in rural Minnesota and I was a dorky, like I was the kind of like nerd that would have loved to go to a land party, but it was just never, you know, I had friends who were in that kind of thing, but not in a way that we could assemble something like that. Like if someone handed me a disc full of art like this yeah, or like tracker music, I would have lost my mind. Like that would have been so cool. I'd probably still have it. I probably would have kept it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You just, I can't, I can't ever look at this because it might destroy the disc. You'd like laminate it and hang it up on the wall.
2: So did you create any of these?
0: I was in a group briefly as a, and I, I I didn't produce any ANSI art for it, but I, um, did produce some music, which I'm not particularly proud of, but I also (laughs) did, uh, an ad for their, their main BBS, uh, which took the form of like a like a flashy executable you could run and it would like do like procedural animations on the screen and scroll text that that described the BBS features. That is cool.
2: That is very cool. Brian and I, like Ryan said, we're kind of at this weird thing because we are of a certain age, but we're also from really rural and different areas of rural Minnesota. And Stuff just takes a really long time to get to the Midwest and then even further to get to farm country.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like they just figured out, they just got Bruno Mars in Minnesota last week. They're
2: stoked.
1: They're so stoked. He looks so good in those hats. They're saying (laughs) like they just got him. So this might've just not.
2: Like the state fair is the biggest event of the year.
1: Yeah, you can get get a deep fried uh, BBS disc at the state fair, but it's supposed to be eaten. It's not meant to be. It's not viewable at that point.
0: (laughs) I found out about the the demo scene when um, my uncle went off to college and he brought back stuff on floppies. And I'm not sure... Oh, by the way, I just found a YouTube video that I made. It's a oh, this is a private video. Can I set it to I'll set it to unlisted. Let the let the world in, Jim. Right. Visibility. Unlisted. Save.
1: <laughs> while, you were, while you were doing that, I I think one of the things that to me makes this kind of art so cool and so like evocative is I love art that is made in like a minimal Medium, if that makes sense. Like they're kind of just working with like simple tools or obviously like the what you can make out of text characters. Yeah. And I always think that is so neat. Like what can you do with like a very limited palette? And some of these are insanely cool, like what they're pulling off. Yeah,
0: it's very cool.
1: Oh this man. This is
2: exactly what I was imagining <laughs> yeah. when you described it.
1: Yeah, this this video is a treat. If I if I call this phone number at the bottom, will uh, is somebody gonna I pick don't
0: it up? think that BBS is still going no Damn it. I think you'll probably just get somebody's house. That's fine. I
1: I just (laughs) want to have a chat.
0: Also, this video is over 10 minutes long, almost 10 minutes long. And the the content ends at like 30 seconds. (laughs) And the reason I did that was so that um, this was circa 2008 when I uploaded this. There is a a checkerboard pattern, like a scrolling checkerboard pattern in the video that is really hard for like the YouTube's codec to to encode. Yeah. So I wanted to trick it into giving it as much disk space as possible. And so I was like, okay, dude, this is a 10 minute video, <laughs> allocate 10 minutes of disk space to this thing. And then because it uses a uh, variable bitrate encoding, it went and then allocated the 10 minutes of disk space to the first 30 seconds. I don't know if that actually worked, but it was something that I read about that might work. It's, I mean, I, it
1: seems like it worked because yeah. this, this sort of the, this fluorescent like waffle pattern that is flying by at the speed of light behind the is yeah. really treat me good. So yeah. if it was supposed to look better than this, then bravo to you because I'm here for it. I also, <laughs> uh, there's a title, <laughs> there's like a big gold title that is, uh, shimmering like it's in the desert sun and it's waving so hard that I can't. <laughs> Daydream <laughs> Nation. Daydream Nation? Is that what yeah, we're...
0: Yeah, it's Daydream Nation. And I love that it makes you work for you it. You can also see it in the title of the video. Yeah, that was my big hint.
1: Well, I don't, I don't read titles. You don't I don't want. I, yeah, I don't like to be biased
0: when I go into a piece of content. I think this was running... This is running now faster than it ever ran on my computer when I was developing it. I never had a speedy computer growing up no yeah but imagine. that was uh yeah that was a fun time
1: i'm gonna make this my screensaver. i'm gonna figure out how to do that <laughs> that's gonna treat me real good <laughs> oh man pa- <laughs> pausing this at any point and trying to decipher it looks like it, it the the words daydream nation immediately turn into uh like alien characters they do like <laughs> the script you would read on the side of an <laughs> obelisk on an ancient <laughs> asteroid it's very good Oh yeah, that's gonna take me right to the right to the protogens or whatever the races that ends up like having wiped us out like thousands of years ago, and is like curating humanity's back rise. I hope that's not Mass Effect what I just did. That feels like an original thing, but I think that might also be Mass aspect Anyway, this is very cool. How many of these, do you still have any of these? Like the discs that you would have gotten at land parties? You still got any of them sitting around?
2: Well, we already know he doesn't get away bad. Give away badminton rackets so. or anything. <laughs>
0: So. Uh, but I, I definitely don't have. Like at at some point, I went through all of my floppies and I copied the important stuff onto my hard drive and threw the floppies away.
2: This wasn't deemed important stuff.
0: Oh, this stuff is like I, I bet I bet you'll find this somewhere if you look on. 16 color.rs colors. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce that. I bet this stuff uh, this is on uh this is in there somewhere. Yeah this is we you can't let this stuff be like the
1: burning of the library at Alexandria. Like you can't let this stuff get away. Right. These are really good though. And I love like this is also another aspect of this I really like is the it's just a bunch of friends or acquaintances or whatever just making art and passing it around like you said like that zine kind of aspect it's not like today where you would put this up on your DeviantArt art or whatever and like try to make it as public facing as you could this is just like whose hand you can get it into and be like check out the stuff i made and like drink yeah. it with people that's so uh, i love that kind of personal connection that kind of underground yeah, quality
2: like a niche hobby like not everything is for just public uber public consumption but because you enjoy it and there's a small niche group of other people who do as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I As much as I like making games full time, like I kind of miss when I was doing it as a hobby.
1: And just a thing you could yeah. share in the same kind of format where it was like.
0: Yeah, it was just like, here's a cool thing I made in my spare time and upload it to the internet and, you know, 12 people look at it.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> and you, probably, you know all 12 people probably.
0: Right, like, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, that's well, so gone, right? Like, so
2: gone. And well, and along with, too, like, the idea of do what you love and you never work a day in your life, it's a lie. It's a, it's a harmful, harmful lie that we tell people and ourselves and younger generations because you're not always going to love every aspect of something that you're doing.
0: R- right.
1: And I wonder if part of the aspect of that being so gross is the fact that, like, <laughs> we are encouraged to – Put every bit of content or every every thought you have or everything you make or create in any way has to be like as public facing as possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm obviously guilty of this. Like I have to do it for work. I want to be sharing that stuff anyway. But like, if you were able to just make something because you wanted to make it and then show it to the people you wanted to show it to, instead of having to like feel that compulsion to get it in the spotlight all the time, I wonder if that would right
2: or like social media isn't because it's truly social. Like say like this like a lamb party or an exchanging of the floppies to share these with your friends or with new friends that you met at a gathering. It's like, no, I have to have a business strategy and (laughs) (laughs) I have to post and, which is true. Like, I mean, you do in these days, this day and age, and it's just a completely different
0: feeling world. It definitely, like, even when you're doing stuff that you love, it definitely adds a certain flavor to everything you, like the same flavor to everything you do. And it's a bummer, you know, you get sick of I mean, this, this podcast is another example of it. Like I, I you know, I want to, I need an excuse to be able to chat with friends. And the excuse right. is that I'm making content. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Look, I, I would just call you and say hi, but
2: yeah, no, but no, 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 wait no. until
1: next Thursday and then we're going to make something more. We're
2: fun. all a bunch of introverts here. No one's going to answer the phone. Right.
1: God. No, if my phone rings, my first impulse is to
0: throw it.
2: Ryan literally watches my phone ring and he goes, aren't you going to answer that? I'm like, no.
0: (laughs) Aren't you going to do something about that? (laughs) There's a a full sink, a sink full of water right here.
1: The air fryer's on the counter and it's ready to go, I'm just saying.
2: (laughs) But it's fun too, like, like like the exchange of the floppies or creating a podcast where you get to invite like your friends on to have a fun conversation. It's that collaborative aspect of it that does make it interesting. It makes it fun, it makes it enjoyable for you, and it makes it enjoyable for your listeners. And it, even if there's a schedule and editing work to be done, which there is, because like I mentioned earlier, this is my first one and there's a lot of stutters and yawning happening. It's a friendly creative outlet. It's getting back to that feeling of, hey, I just want to sit around and talk to you guys about a bunch of esoteric random topics and have a nice night and geek out about some stuff together for a little while and then go on our merry way without it being a massive agenda or huge research project or anything like that.
0: Yeah, that's what this show is all about. Yeah, I've, I've I've been on podcasts where you have to do homework and it's no fun. Right. Mm-mm.
2: See, I listen to those ones a lot. And Ryan's always like, you should start when I'm like, do you have any idea how much work the ones I listen to do?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's like a full-time job. That's
2: a full-time job. One of my favorite ones only comes out once a month because they put in that level of work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, I much prefer this show where I get to just kind of lazily sidle up to the bar and be like, so, floppies, huh? What about those? And I... I have to look at the spreadsheet about the topics that's coming up. Any any sooner than like thirty seconds before. It's Great, it's a real relaxed, lackadaisical atmosphere around here, and I appreciate that.
2: It's the land party of podcasting. It's the land
1: party of podcasting.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna put that a uh, quote on the box.
1: <laughs> and and also, you know. Second point of order, get a box.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> right. I need to have a box so that I can put that quote on it.
2: You know, you could just design one of the boxes, BBS file, and just put the graphic right smack dab in the middle of the website
0: for it. Yes. Uh, are we ready for another topic?
2: Sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, this is a write-in. Vile asks, Chester Bolingbroke is blogging his attempt <laughs> to finish every computer RPG ever in chronological order, despite this being clearly impossible. He started at the Dungeon in 1975, and is currently up to Legends of Valor, Ragged Chet 1992.
2: Good for you, Chester.
0: That boy, Chester. Chester is a hard worker. I hope he's also doing a podcast to go along with it, because otherwise, like, like I guess, I guess the blog is the podcast, so he could just run it through like a text to speech thing.
2: <laughs> Maybe it's <laughs> a just... video blog or one of the one of those let's plays.
0: Yeah. But I think this is another example of like and it's an excuse to play a bunch of video games and then in doing that you're producing content.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's like yeah, there's the content again. Except I like I uh I'm interested. I don't know who this guy is.
2: Right. Well, but and it's like some more the some aspects of content creation like we were just saying like gyms and this is you're just trying to also make friends who like the weird esoteric things you like, like how many other people have played some of these older games. And so if people jump on and comment about them, Hey, he has a new friend to talk to.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like it, it could be that like Chester feels driven by the same content engine that gets all of us where it's like, I need to make something that will get people's eyes on it. Or he could be doing kind of what you're doing with the show. Like Alicia said, where it's just, I want to do this anyway. And Wouldn't it be cool if I documented it because other people might find me who also think this is a neat idea, but it's not about like blowing up.
0: Also, I'm curious why, why they think this is impossible. Oh, just because there are so many of them.
2: Right. Like once you start getting into every single indie RPG playing game and all of that sphere, you're.
0: Yeah. Is he going to play every game make like RPG maker RPG I just want to believe, okay? Like, I know, I know, the, I know the answer know. Chester's going
2: to live is, a long and healthy life. Chester's
0: hopefully not pushing
1: 95 right now. I'm hoping they're a spry, like, 15. But, yeah, I'm aware there's a billion of these. I'm just saying, like, it would... I want to believe.
0: The other, the other question that's pertinent here is, can you play them faster than they will be released?
1: <laughs> can you play every RPG that's ever made and going to be made faster than... Thousands and thousands nope. and thousands of people can
2: individually make them. Right. But RPGs take a long time to make. That's true. Maybe they'll put a cap on and be like, until the year 2010.
0: Maybe they'll put a cap on it and be like, until I die. Yeah. <laughs> until I. <expire. laughs> that's truly the cap. That's Yeah, That cap, that's
1: the cap that gets us all.
0: Because otherwise it's kind
1: of a gremlin situation. Like, don't feed them after midnight. Well, it's always after midnight. It's always after midnight, like when? when is it okay to feed them again? That would be a great topic.
2: <laughs> Can we feed a yeah, test I'm track just, for I'm midnight? I'm really just
1: scooping myself tonight. I'm full of I'm full of topics <laughs> that are not part of the episode. I really like this, though. I, I love the idea. So I think I'm a weird fan of it. and Of course, I have no other examples, so I swear there are some that I've run into, which is how I'm a fan of this thing, is that when someone has, sets out on a, a quest to do something that's kind of Esoteric and that no one really asked for, you know? And I'm not saying that to be mean, but, like, I don't think anybody was like, man, we're waiting for somebody to step up and do a run of every RPG that's ever been made. I like when someone attempts something huge like that just because they want to do it, and that maybe has no win state or has no you know potential for even being achieved and just like see how far they get.
2: right and i think this is the aspect too of maybe chester doesn't work in games like you both do like maybe chester goes to his day job as an accountant is just like too late to make a career change at this point but i can do this i can play my game and i can this is my hobby i'm not building a bench i'm gonna play every (laughs) single game yeah and i'm gonna make some (laughs) friends
0: can we get back to the gremlins thing for a second? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Do you think don't feed them after midnight was supposed to be like a koan, like a deliberately confusing thing? Like, what is that actually If yes. you think about it, it doesn't really make sense. No, like, We
2: talk about this a lot. Like, way more often a normal house. couple <laughs> like, should really discuss frequently. gremlins. But it's because one of our dogs' nickname is the gremlin, because she looks like uh-huh. one. And so we're always like, when would we not feed her? Yeah. Now, my best guess is like most magical things sunrise yeah it's like between midnight and sunrise but they but
1: never say that
2: That's no the that gets they me. don't so yeah. it's it's an assumption
0: maybe it's a bad localization maybe it's like the guy in zelda saying 10th enemy has the bomb and it's just like <laughs> well that made sense in japanese
1: <laughs> Listen, it works
0: where we're from
1: i like i don't want to read too much into it as a as a i've also assumed when the sun comes up it's okay to feed him again
2: but we had other talks. Like maybe it's noon. Is it a twelve-hour time period?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And also, how specific to time zones is it?
1: Exactly. Like, is it the time is zone it, of the Curio Shop where they came? Right.
2: Like, and if it's in an egg, how does it really fully recognize those changed time zones? Like, one of our dogs cannot adjust to time zones. Her bedtime is eight thirty in the summer and seven thirty in the winter. She it's so.
0: Then do you just like, not feed
2: your? Is family? there like daylight savings time involved?
0: Oh, yeah. If the law changes, is the gremlin going to get updated? Right. Right. Do they Are they on Greenwich
1: Mean? Like, just what's the deal? So, I just – I don't know. I think it's careless. I think if you have this, this creature that will turn into a horrifying, eye-gouging monster that's going to turn into a bolt of lightning and go into your phone line,
0: uh-huh.
1: if you feed it at the wrong time, you should tell me, like, don't feed it between the hours of – 12 a.m. and 6:25 a.m.
2: Also, I'm now realizing it's don't feed it. All right. Does hey it specifically guys, I need have to? Uh,
0: be I need to run off for a few minutes. Keep stuck okay. among yourselves.
2: Okay, sure. Yeah, absolutely. We can do that. No, it's going to be dead silence.
1: No, I want to hear your thing about the. Okay, you had a big, you had a story um, point about the Gremlins. I was saying between midnight and 6:25 a.m. Why don't you just tell us like that Ooh, right?
2: Does it have to be fed? You don't feed it after midnight, but can it still eat food if it's not being fed food? Because I think oh, in the movie it just found food, didn't it? One of them, some of them, And yeah, they fed themselves. I think. But it's very specific in the instructions to not feed it after midnight. So is there some sort of like caretaker role that the human takes on for the gremlin oh species where you can't feed it after midnight? But if you let it kind of run wild and it just kind of ate itself, it wouldn't change into a crazy monster. It's, like- it's something about like humanity as the guardian.
1: I'm just gonna leave this Chicago dog on the counter.
2: Yeah, it's like a cat. You just because it's like its little automatic feedy thing, yeah. and it picks when it's hungry and will eat. Oh my
1: god! What if this whole thing could have been averted if what's his name from the movies had just given the gremlins more of their own agency?
2: Right? Really, they just truly like really the need bodily right autonomy.
1: Yeah, just if you need done it Midwest Tower, where it's a mm-hmm. like the right there, help yourself. Yeah. No, I take it back. I've just been away from the Midwest for too long, and, and the
2: person will starve. Can I make you
1: something? And even if they say no, even if this mogwai in your house says, Mm-mm, you would make <laughs> it. Realized, Jim, you yeah. would make it a batch of artisanal cupcakes, like at three AM after you brought it home from the airport. And
2: yes, you absolutely, absolutely. you'd make it. it a snack.
1: Yeah, so you're right.
2: Even if it said no, you'd make it a snack.
1: What culture is the most primed to have a gremlin over and just be like, "There's food, eat it if you want." I feel like that's an East Coast thing
2: that feels like if you I don't think we've spent enough time in the East Coast. I know. So I feel like the
1: stereotypical thing about the East Coast that I know from TV and movies right. is that everyone in New York's mean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you were a New Yorker and you got a groundland, you'd be fine. It'd be like take up, then you yeah. in the fridge, and then they order a pizza and they fed themselves.
2: Yeah. But a it human brought count the pizza. The just of that. It count. Maybe it only doesn't count if it's like a free-range gremlin out on the farm has to graze itself
1: on the gremlin farm yeah which i hope is indoors because you get that fucker wet and it's over well unless it's, if it's a gremlin farm i guess you kind of want to get them wet right because that's the one where they right? multiply yeah right
2: i would think so yeah i'm like staring off into the distance really yeah, i
1: think like, the thesis <laughs> statement here is we have to watch gremlins.
2: we need to watch gremlins again and i don't think we've ever watched gremlins too Choose the best one. Come back. Then why
1: literally a gremlin Welcome drinks back. a bottle with a lightning bolt on it and he turns into a bolt of lightning and he goes in the phone line. And Maybe then they we trap did trap him in there that. by hitting the hold button on the phone. I knew it's the we did see it's that. so stupid.
0: Oh uh, like I missed cool. the best conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Alicia put forth the idea that like the thing is don't feed him after midnight. Does that mean service? She was saying, like, if you just leave a pancake on a counter and then back away from it and say like this is for anyone whoever wants it i'm not serving it to you
2: and then they eat it are we cool
0: well, you, you put it down there at 11 11 p.m
2: <laughs> right but it doesn't eat it until 1202 yeah did i still feed it after midnight
1: or did it feed itself
0: you know, if there was a Gremlin sequel that was made this year, it would address all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, the whole thing would just be answering all these different questions.
2: Someone, somewhere, is once this comes out, it's frantically scribbling all this down, and they're going to pitch it to the studios. We'll never know until yeah. it comes out.
1: If somebody makes a, a like a Bubsy 3D style, like a Gremlins 3, I will. I'll be first in line. Yes. Because I have to know. Because Alicia also pointed out, while you were gone, like... Just leave takeout menus on the fridge and be like, just order what you want. But then if a pizza delivery man brings a pizza to the gremlin, does that count? Technically, it was delivered by a person. Is the delivery person feeding the gremlin? Technically, at that point. It's like when my Uber Eats driver shows up, I feel like I feel like Michael fed me that night. I, I'm thankful for him and the journey that he took to bring me my my hoagie and I eat it while thinking about him.
0: And, of course, you tip appropriately.
1: And, of course, I
2: tip. Ridiculously he, high.
1: Yeah, it's the only thing keeping me alive. And also, you know, the whole aspect of, like, oh, my God, you shouldn't have to work during a pandemic, but you do. It's a nightmare. Uh, everything's a nightmare. So, like, yeah, that's 25%, baby. Michael brought me my algae and now I'm not starving because I uh, Right. And he brought it before midnight.
2: Well, yeah, and so. random disclaimer, a lot of the apps now, too, also ask if you would like to tip the restaurant and the driver. So, if you see that, it's always good to do.
0: And the, of course, the app keeps both.
2: I'm sure it does. <laughs>
1: yep, that all have to grab a baby.
2: Doing what we can.
0: Uh, are we ready for another topic?
2: Yes. It
1: de- I think it depends if uh, if Vila is, is ready because we <laughs> we kind of abandoned their whole thing <laughs> to talk about gremlins. Which
2: I just want to say, I'm proud of the Chester.
1: I am too. I'm going to look that dude up after this.
0: I think this is fine. I think uh, Vila didn't pay for this or anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We don't owe them anything.
0: Uh, Ryan, your topic is, do you consider listening to an audiobook reading? What about having a book read to you by someone live? Could we interpret radio plays or listening to a film with our eyes closed reading?
1: Yeah. So I've been thinking,
0: (gasps) (laughs) Was there a spider?
1: No, there was a My Dumb Hand. Um, we're both just sharing a pair of earbuds right now because I don't have any good solution for headphones that I could plug into my audio interface that are the right jack size that we can share. Right. Uh, so we're both just sharing an earbud and I definitely just like gesticulated like a news anchor uh, and ripped the headphone bud out of uh, out of Alicia's ear.
0: That is an act of violence, my friend.
1: Oh, it is too. She reacted so much to the fact that she didn't stab me in the neck immediately. Like when this happens to me when I'm washing dishes and I rip them out of my ear like on the dish rack, I like yell to the sky like I'm Conan the Barbarian. Like I hate it so much. You did it earlier today. <laughs> yeah. So that's so
2: I yelled because now, okay, so I got him a fancy Japanese chef's knife for Christmas and for years Ryan has been making fun of me like hey you don't like you don't do anything when I yell when I'm in the kitchen anymore and I'm like yeah because (laughs) you're not very careful (laughs) and I can't react every single time but now I'm back to reacting every single time because I'm like I just bought a musician a pianist an incredibly sharp knife, and I know, I know, the sharper your knife, the safer you actually are. But Do they also haven't that? met Ryan. I
1: don't believe that, actually.
2: No, <laughs> not in my hand. He's gonna cut his finger off, and it's just more like he won't realize it until it's done.
1: Yeah.
2: Instead of just hitting bone, exactly. it'll be all the way
1: off. Like sure, it'll be a clean cut all the way through half of my hand, but.
2: So now he makes noises from the kitchen. I once again come running. Yeah, I also bought <laughs> him like one of those like a fancy pair of gloves to wear, she like the like, knife micro gloves. Chain mail
1: yeah. <laughs> so that I can't uh, amputate
0: myself. Ooh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty great. The point is, this fancy
1: chef's knife has really invigorated our relationship. Now <laughs> she cares if I hurt myself in the kitchen again. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. When she gets inured to this, this too, you're going to have to step it up with something else. I'm
1: going to have to get a lightsaber or start cutting my sandwiches with a machine gun or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the fact that she didn't pounce on me and just start hitting me with gorilla like fists when I pulled the <laughs> headphone bud out of her ear is really an act of her love for me because I lose my mind every time. So
0: I appreciate that. Uh, but Ryan, are you wearing the, the knife-proof gloves right now? I I'm not, and it's, it's turning out to be a huge mistake. Yes, you should.
2: I, you, I, should you should just wear, wear them, them all, all the time. Those are your money makers. Yeah, keep those fingers safe.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been thinking about this question a lot because I. Um, I'm somebody who I'm bad at watching TV alone. I'm bad at reading alone. Like if I have time to myself that I'm not doing a project or something, I tend to just kind of play video games. <laughs> if I'm not like out in the world doing something and I do, I do love to read, but I'm just very slow at it because of that reason. But um, I've been listening to a ton of audiobooks in the last like year. And it's been great. Cause like while I'm doing dishes or walking the dogs or do, you know, I'm basically like never alone with my own thoughts cause I'm a monster.
0: <laughs> Big mood.
1: And I've been just just powering through books that way. (laughs) Yeah. Huge mood. And I've been powering through books that way. And I do consider that reading, but I know some people don't. Some people are like, no, you have to engage with it visually or it doesn't count, which I think is kind of silly because you're still absorbing a story. You're still creating this construct in your imagination. And, you know, maybe you're doing less work to like envision what the character's voices sound like. That kind of goes, falls away from you when a narrator is doing it, but I'm still doing a lot of intellectual work on my end to like piece together the visual parts of a story and make the same like assumptions about like what's going to happen or who did what thing or like, what's the outcome of this going to be. So I feel like I'm still mostly engaging with it the same way. But then if that is reading, where is the line where it's not like if someone reads a book to you, like when you were a kid and someone read a book to you, does that count as reading together or does that count as like being read to, which is a different act than reading a book the normal way and if that's different then why is listening to an audiobook different because that's the same thing just the person's of recording
0: right and then watching a movie with your eyes closed are you yeah i I think um the right way to approach this is like blind people will say that they're watching TV when they're just clearly they're just listening to it because that's what you do with a TV show and you read a book and audiobook I think is a f- like a fair um I think it's fair to cons- to use either verb with that. Like I would I wouldn't bat an eye if someone said they were reading an audiobook. I think that's a totally reasonable fr- turn of phrase. The thing that comes to mind that like I'm I don't react any particular way to this, but my wife will keep referring to she'll keep referring to audiobooks as books on tape. <laughs> Even though they're like they're on her phone, and then get annoyed with herself.
1: <laughs> I Come love on, it. We'll get it together, like in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> That's extremely cute.
0: Were you old enough that you remember, like when you were a kid, adults always referring to any sort of like plastic-based data medium as a tape? Yes. Yes. My dad would call like N- nintendo
1: cartridge oh my god nintendo uh nintendo
2: cartridges <laughs> well to be fair you can't say their name out loud
0: yeah that'll summon them
2: yeah <laughs> you have to say the brown
0: one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're coming he would call those
1: tapes and yeah 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 like any any kind of chunky physical medium but i mean i feel like i guess tape is kind of the the closest term yeah right well yeah like they they have their eight tracks
2: their cassettes
1: I remember there was a period in video games where even in, like, a sci-fi context, because older dudes were probably, to us at the time, were making those games. Like, the same kind of dads who would call your Nintendo cartridge a tape were making, like, Dark Forces or whatever. Like, you would have to go get, like, the data tapes, even though it was, like, a sci-fi future and you were getting, like, a little you know, glowing like MacGuffin or whatever. It was still a tape. I remember that yeah, happening yeah. a lot. Well, like, that's in the 90s. that's
0: just forward thinking because like tape backups are still like the most reliable form of backup. <laughs> 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 Even stormtroopers know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the when when they decide to like sci-fi it up just a little bit and like, okay, we can't have a post-it note in this game with the password on it. We're gonna have a data prism and it holds exactly as much information as a post-it note. <laughs> and it's not connected to the internet at all. You have to physically find it and then you get this six-word six-letter password. I love that. I wish we would
1: no, I reconsidered it in the middle of my sentence.
0: Again?
1: <laughs> I, wow. I know I, I almost started to say it'd be cool if we had those in real life. Just to have like a little tiny like cube MacGuffin that's like, hey, don't forget to get paper towels at Fred Meyer. But then I realized like how much More that sucks than having a Post-it note because it's like, it doesn't fit in my pocket. It's going to grind into my side. It's got corners. Not in the way a Post-it note has corners. And
2: don't most phones just also offer this now? Like all of our phones use like (laughs) geolocation and a lot of them can be like, I was walking by a Target the other day, like on a walk and it was just like, oh, hey, at one point you were in a Target and you added this to your shopping list. You're near one now. Would you like it? I was like, Google, stop it.
0: Get away from (laughs) me.
1: Yeah. So isn't your your phone really just a data prism?
0: Think about when COVID mutates and kills us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. The survivors that are scavenging in the future, don't you want to give them a good gameplay experience?
1: I, wanna, <laughs> I want them to come into the derelict moss-covered remains of our office that we're at right now and find a little cube on my piano <laughs> keyboard that's like, hey, don't forget, Terry said to get the thing.
0: Yeah. It has to be good pacing. Like it's not good environmental storytelling. If it's all like, oh, it's another phone in this person's pocket. Oh, I don't have the the pa- the, the password to get Dude, in. My fingerprint doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to like leave that password scattered across your apartment on many different data cubes with <laughs> a puzzle, like a riddle to to solve, to put all these pieces of data to together to get this four digit number
1: Or I could do the lazy person's version of it where it's a data cube that I've left in kind of a a pissy message to Alicia or someone else (laughs) complaining about how the electro lock on the closet door is on the fritz again and I had to reset the code and then the code is just there. That's one of my favorites where you find an email and it's just somebody complaining about how this lock or this safe sucks and then the combo is right there and it's like, hell yeah, thanks Gary. No puzzle for this guy.
0: You also have to die to le- – both of you need to die together, like, on the toilet to leave, like, a, a heartwarming embrace. Oh, God. If we
1: die together in this apartment and we're both on the toilet, like, it is because something went grievously wrong. And I feel like we would probably yeah. be kind of locked in an embrace, like, in terms of, like, I'm sorry for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That's environmental storytelling, and yeah. uh, not enough people give thought to. Or like, it's
2: gonna be like I'm imagining like all those episodes of BBC Sherlock reboot when he has to f- figure out someone's password, which he did a few times during, and he just looks around and like person's dog's name, child's birthday, and they just go through apartment and be like, "Oh, this picture frame says Monocle on it."
1: <laughs> and this picture frame just has a note that says Ryan's favorite number is sixty three.
2: Right. And like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, none of people give are people are selfish. I'm just gonna say it when they die, and they don't think about what would make this fun for somebody playing the game of life when they find my corpse. Like, what would right? be a good way to kick it so they get something out of it? Yeah, Jim, what what are you what are you gonna leave for people? I would like it if people found you like <laughs> upside down, like with your head buried in the ground, and you were just like completely upright because that tells a story.
0: How did you how did you guess? That's exactly my plan. You have to
2: leave a clue near the CPAP machine.
0: Right, right. i I'm gonna so dig a hole in all the books that I have like read the first chapter of. They're lying next to my bed.
2: <laughs> I'm so happy to know I'm not the only one with that book pile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for this book pile. Or I never would have solved the I never would have gotten the treasure out of this guy's CPAP machine. <laughs> At one point they have to like dig you up and like squeeze you like a bagpipe into it, like get your breath print or something. And that's like unlocks it. Oh, yeah.
2: He's writing this down. He sounded suddenly distracted. I'm like, Frog Fashion.
0: Scribble, 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 scribble.
2: <laughs> this is how you unlock Frog Fashion 3. It's really what he's doing. He's having doing idea generation right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's getting to the point like in the Saw movies after Jigsaw died. <laughs> but then there are <were>, like four <laughs> more movies of these like grand machinations that he had left behind. Man, those movies get bad.
0: <laughs> those movies
1: start bad. Those movies start bad, but then they. Ooh, ooh. It's a descending forty-five degree
0: angle. I still kind of like them, though. I mean, sure. Well, I mean, it's it's. it's kind okay of like bad things. That's ooh, okay. I just I, I love have Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> How can it be bad, Jim? It's called the
1: Crunchwrap Supreme.
0: This is this is something that bugs me. In Taco Bell, Supreme means sour cream and tomatoes. But at Pizza Hut, Supreme means sausage and green peppers. And if you go to a
1: combination, pizza Hut and taco bell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it'll be if do you think it'll be both. It's
1: the fucking Wild yes. West, baby. I don't yeah, you don't know what you're getting.
2: You're getting a taco pizza, is what you're getting.
1: With with green sausage and and tomato cream. Nightmare.
2: I mean, tomato cream just sounds like ketchup with Alfredo sauce in it or something.
0: Uh oh, there is the combination Taco Bell Pizza Hut exists. Those are out there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mostly at Midwestern gas stations. I've never been
1: in one and I've always kind of wanted to know <laughs> what driven by plenty, but like, is it a situation where you go in and you're just there for the Pizza Hut? Or you're just there for the Taco Bell? Or are there people who are like fucking finally? And they go in and they I don't know what, like you get a pizzone and you pour like Baja Blast on it? At like,
2: least all the ones I've seen, and maybe there are just some like in a random town. They're like interstate freeway, like, rest stop gas station situation. So it's either, like, you're road tripping with your family and you pray that there's something and these two restaurants that everyone in the car will eat, or you're a trucker and you're like, ah,
0: two choices instead of one. Yeah, all the pictures I'm seeing are of Pizza Hut Express. Which just means Pizza Hut bad.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like how could you make it faster? Yeah, you know. Or just how quickly it moves through your body.
1: It's both. It's definitely (laughs) Pizza Hut, run for it. (laughs) Hey, you know Pizza Hut? What if it was like mildly even less good, but faster? It's like, well, okay, that's a trade I'm willing to make. Yeah. But yes, re- listening to an audiobook counts as reading. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I'm glad we established that. that yeah. Right,
2: yeah. It's uh, the intention of the medium. Yeah.
1: But I do think, I do get what you were saying, where it's like when you said blind people say they watch TV like it. That's yeah. the verb that you do with TV. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you can see it or not. You would sound like a maniac if you're like, I'm reading some TV right now. Uh, <laughs>
0: <It's>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the sound off. I'm just looking at the closed captions. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's all it is, is it just has to do with like,
1: I think because an audiobook is a book in audio format, it's okay to say I'm listening to an audiobook or I'm reading one. And either way is correct. But I think if you get into like, you don't read a play. So, like the radio play example would be like, okay, I'm, I'm listening to a radio play.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. We solved it. That doesn't always happen on this show. No, but when it does, it's so satisfying.
2: <sighs> Every single write in after this is going to be disagreeing with the three of us, and we can just ignore that. We don't have to. The, thing the about, show is over yeah, now. We don't have to listen to the Declarative writings. winners.
0: Yeah. You won't even hear it because it'll be future guests that have to deal with those write ins. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for Topic Lords tonight. I had a good time, Ryan. If this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? I don't mind if people. find... <laughs> it's all about that content, baby. We talked. To... I... Please,
1: please look at me. Watch me. Um, I need this, or I'll die. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, my full name, Ryan Ike, and then my job, composer. I regret it every time I have to say it out loud, but that's what my handle is. And then I'm on Instagram at Ryan Ike Audio.
2: Also, your name and job. But for some reason, this one doesn't anger you. Yeah.
1: Cause that was my choice. <laughs> the second one, I was like, I want this. I choose this bad at, this is my bad handle. And I'm, I'm going to own it. Uh, and eventually when I can talk about the things I'm excited about that I'm working on, they, they will appear at those places.
0: And no doubt you'll be, you'll guest again on the show after that. So you don't even need to go there. You can just keep listening to this. Just the topic stay, Lords. stay tuned to this Lord channel. And Alicia, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet?
2: Thank you for asking if it's something I want. Um, I am not on a lot of the internet, but if you like pictures of a lot of cute dogs, I just post them to my personal Instagram, which is at historianraptor, because I like history and I like dinosaurs. And it's mostly just pictures of my dogs, but the occasional selfie when I feel really happy with how my makeup turned out that day.
0: Good. Great. They're good dogs, though. Yeah. So. Well, thanks so much for being on. Thanks for,
2: thanks for having us. Thanks, Jim.
0: Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the topic bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there.